0: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, don't freak out, but I don't like reading. We talked to Max Greenfield about his new children's book, I Don't Want to Read This Book. Plus, Biz is thankful. Woo! Woo!
1: Well, Woo! Uh, let's a check-in. <laughs> I'm on my way to a very, very small bachelorette party for my <laughs> bestest friend in the whole world who is officially marrying her partner. And it feels good. To go celebrate that it doesn't feel good <laughs> knowing that I'm leaving myself with my two small children three and a half and one month after he's been traveling for his <laughs> uncle's funeral oh. for three days like he landed back home three hours ago and now I'm leaving and it also doesn't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> that I missed my ex brother in law's funeral, who passed away very suddenly. For very sadly, so yeah, it doesn't feel good that I didn't get a chance to support my sister. It doesn't feel good that I didn't get to support my husband while he was in Oklahoma for a funeral, and then, which is like a, an eight hour flight away from us, so it's not. And then I'm going to just enjoy trying to celebrate my friend tonight because she deserves it. And you guys are all doing a great job. Thanks for the show. Bye.
0: I think you're also doing a really great job. Yeah. ah, It's really hard to find that balance. And... Between where you can give support and like kids come into your house and it really can make it incredibly difficult when it comes to like how you would support other people in your life if the kids weren't in your house. You know, having, especially if they're really young kids and we're definitely still not living in a system in which... (laughs) there's child care available for many of us right now because of COVID, as well as costs. We aren't always able to make the time we want to make to support and care for others. And I, I mean, I know that it feels like we have to, but when it comes to supporting your partner, I definitely understand that feeling. And I want you to know That it is also important that you're able to stick with the commitment that you were able to make. That's a lot of different things. Your choice to go and support your best friend, I think, has incredible importance to you and to them. And it's just such a shit show, juggle fest. But I am glad that you are opting for some joy amidst all this so you're doing a really good job speaking of doing a good job it's thank you time and how apropos It's Thanksgiving week. (laughs) Let's gobble up some thank yous, everybody. I am particularly thankful this year. It has been very sort of centering for me to be able to come on every week and thank all the people that are out there really working very hard to make our lives feel somewhat normal or somewhat safe in what has been just a shit show two years. And what I'd like to focus on right now, though, is thanking the people in my immediate life, my life right now, that's a weird thing to say, my immediate life, my past lives, uh, <laughs> where that have been making all of this enjoyable and possible. So I am going to start with Gabe, I am thankful for Gabe. Gabe shows up here every week on the lovely Zoom with me and makes me sound good, though I'm recording in a bedroom, and has been a phenomenal guest getter and guest-suggester and is generally a remarkably pleasant and professional person. That makes me so happy and a really nice guy. You guys don't know this, but Gabe has been fostering two dogs uh, not at the same time recently, which makes me love Gabe even more. And as you all know, Gabe has a supernatural tattoo, which, you know, makes me a big fan. So Gabe, thank you for everything you are doing. I really appreciate it. I also want to thank you guys, the listeners and this community. I am keenly aware of of what a privilege it is to be able to have One Bad Mother be my job. And I am thankful that that is because of your support. And I am thankful for the kindness that you bring to this community and this show. I am thankful that you have been part of creating this space in which You feel safe enough to let me know when I need to be better as well as feeling safe enough to share with us your genius, your fails, your rants, your woos, all of it. It's really remarkable and I I really see how remarkable it is and I appreciate it and I appreciate you and I know that we are at Thanksgiving right now and that nothing has gotten less complicated. And I just want you to know that there's at least one space (laughs) in which somebody is so thankful for you and so thankful for everything that you are doing. Uh, And to be perfectly honest, that's exactly where I'm gonna leave this. That right there. That's my check-in as well. Just how thankful I'm feeling for this community and uh, for Gabe. And I've got a Teresa story later. So I'm incredibly thankful for Teresa. Do not think I am not thankful for Teresa, but I'm saving that for my genius. So, okay. Oh, and I am also thankful to all of the amazing guests who have taken the time to come in and talk with us. Over the last, I don't know, nine years, which I think ties in nicely to a great guest we're going to be talking to today. Thank you, Gabe, for this recommendation and for finding this person. And that's Max Greenfield, who is going to talk to us about his new children's book, his debut children's book, I Don't Want
2: to Read This Book.
0: we are welcoming Max Greenfield, who is a New York-born actor who you may know from New Girl and The Neighborhood, but who is best known, this may be my favorite bio ever, for being interrupted by his two beautiful children, Lily and Ozzie, as he writes this very bio. Max tries to tell them that this is important and to please leave him alone, but neither child believes this, as they are certain that mommy is the one with the career and daddy just acts silly on TV sometimes. His debut children's book is "I Don't Want to Read This Book," which is out now. Welcome, Max! Yay.
3: Glad to be here.
0: <laughs> I got to tell you, I have to give you the a proper salute for that bio. That is magnificent.
3: Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I'm gonna assume it's a true life story. Yeah. Yeah, you're like yeah. I didn't that's, make that. Up.
3: That's every day.
0: <laughs> that's every day. <laughs> Well, that leads to our first question, which is, and sorry, spoiler alert, we already know some of the information, but who lives in your house?
3: Uh, in my house, I have my beautiful wife, Tess, our children, Lily, who's 11, and Ozzie, who is six. We have a dog named Joey, who's anywhere from six to eight, we think. <laughs> um, we, he was a rescue, so it's sort of debatable. Sometimes he looks like an 11-year-old dog. Other days, you're like, maybe he's really young. Um <laughs> he's really the all-star of yeah, the
0: group of course I uh,
3: and then i'm sure there's some other things living yep. in the house that i'm not really quite certain of yep. some sure. bugs and
0: i always think of that video when i when i asked this question and, and we're talking a long time a long time ago in the year of the internet there was this video where and i'm sure it was fake but a guy had set up a camera in his kitchen because, like, his cabinets kept being open. Do you remember this? The cabinets no. kept being open. It was really weird. So he decided to set up this camera. And throughout the course of the evening, suddenly one of the, like, ceiling tiles, because he lived in an apartment, sort of shifted. And a woman crawls out and, like, crawls down, gets stuff out of his cabinet, and crawls back up. Now, it was the most disturbing thing ever. But I like to think of that now as, who knows? Who knows? Who knows who else might be in our house?
3: (laughs) I hope there's not a woman in the attic.
0: (laughs) There's a woman in the attic. That's the name of my biography. Anyway, okay. You've got an 11-year-old and a 6-year-old. And I know that we are here to talk about this book. But this book, I don't want to read this book, ties in really to the 6- and 11-year-old. I have a almost 8- and now 12-year-old. Oh, yeah. Uh, So I'm very familiar with the tween action. Uh, mm-hmm. As it comes into play, uh, how how's that how's that going for you? <laughs> I me? Mean,
3: yeah, I don't. Yeah, the six year old's not there yet, so I'm I'm really yeah. fo- I'm really focused on him.
0: Yeah, you've just already given up on the eleven year old because well, you had. A
3: <laughs> she's she's given up on me.
0: Ah, uh, fair, fair. You do have a article out where you have publicly shared in a once upon a time in fatherhood piece, you know, questioning if you can be. A dad and cool yeah yeah i mean it's a sharp turn isn't it from like when you're cool to suddenly you are you are not cool how how are you okay <laughs> are you feeling okay with that
3: no i don't feel okay with any of
0: it um <laughs> you've worked really hard to be cool <laughs> what happened
3: I, I don't i don't know yeah I don't know well, it's not really you work really hard to be cool it's no. that, it's that they perceive you as cool for so they make you believe that you're cool yeah. for quite a for quite a long time, yeah to the point where you're like i think i'm i think i'm i think I'm yeah. cool I'm doing this, I'm doing this, i'm really i'm an yeah. involved yeah i'm I'm present parent and yeah. that's cool, and yeah. then they turn on you yeah for no reason Mm-mm. and uh You know, whatever. I'm fine with it.
0: (coughs) (laughs) Whatever. I'm fine.
3: I don't want to to talk about it. Yeah, Uh, I don't know. I I just, they don't want anything to do with me anymore. So it's fine. My son, my son is very impressed by me. Yeah. And we have a great relationship right now. So.
0: Good. Yeah. Take that. Do you ever try like extra hard with your oldest? Like you know what, I could chaperone your dance. Would that make everything better?
3: I mean, I'm not trying to chaperone dance. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that effort is made daily. Okay. All daily.
0: Right. Daily. Well, we look forward to your parenting book on trying to stay cool with your I know. Your twin.
3: It's too many pages. I'm sticking to children's books.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of children's book, I don't want to read this book. Uh, I, I don't know if maybe an editor or anybody told you you may we're supposed to be telling our kids that they love reading this seems seems way off with the I don't want you're just giving them language Max I'm not sure talk to me about where this book came about where did it come from
3: well it's kind of the exact reason why I wrote the book was (laughs) is that it's based on my own experience as a parent and a reluctant reader myself but you know all of the messaging from both teachers and parents has always been some different way to say, fall in love with the magic and wisdom, and beautiful forests that you'll find yourself in and discover what reading can do for you and the people around you. And you will begin to love reading. You know what I mean? And it's always like this, it's always this messaging of you you're supposed to love reading. Yeah. And that is definitely not my experience and continues not to be my experience. No, um, I not do it. not love to read. I, there are books that I have found that I've thoroughly enjoyed huh. and love love love, but for the most part, I'm asked to read things that I really don't want to read. Yeah. You know, I'll get sent scripts quite a quite a bit. And I gotta tell you, if yeah. I make it through the t- first 10 pages, I'm like, this is a good script. If I read, yeah. the ho- if I can read the whole thing, this is, I, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. But so this was an idea that the idea of this book was to give kids who are probably feeling a much different way towards reading an outlet and a voice to articulate themselves and to say... Because, you know, it comes at a really interesting time when you're learning to read. You're also learning to compare yourself to other kids. And it's like, well, hold on. If that guy is really tall, does that mean I'm short? And how do I feel (laughs) about myself? The
0: answer is yes, Max.
3: Yeah, but you're like, well, then how do I... But if you're discovering that on your own, like, how do I then feel about myself? Like, um, oh, so I feel... Do I feel shitty that I'm short? Yeah. And then... (laughs) with reading it's at that same point where yeah. you're starting to learn how to read and there's the kid that's sitting two desks away from you they're like hold on you mean to tell me that you've read 3 of the Harry Potter books and
0: oh I, yeah that kid
3: and <laughs> i i'm still struggling to get through the first chapter
0: yeah
3: and i really want to read them mm. but my but <laughs> i'm at a different pace than you and 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 really at that time it's so much about that mm. in general that what else do you have to base your however you think about yourself and your level of intelligence on so all of a sudden i'm looking at them i the reading for me is difficult and i'm thinking to myself not only am i short but i'm stupid I- and so,
0: Max, that's what elementary school is there for. It's just to sort you, sort you right away, totally just right away.
3: <laughs> so the idea of this, one of the ideas of this book, is to say, look, it's you, you might not want to read this book, and there's a different way to approach reading than just letting the kids know that that's something that they need to fall in love with. Yeah, and it's an interesting thing, and it gives the it gives the kids an interesting point of view if they're reading it. But more so, I think if you have a teacher reading it or a parent reading it, it potentially allows them to articulate something that you might be feeling that you don't think that you're allowed to say. And I think these books, especially the children's books, they're all conversation starters. Yeah. So I think this one starts a really interesting conversation with you and your kid. That's one of the meanings of the book. The other one is just like, this is a really funny fun oh, book <laughs> for kids who, you know, <laughs> might not want to read the books that they're being told to read or just are having a night where it's like, can we not read, can what? we just read the fun book tonight? Can I <laughs> no, get a chance? we're to... reading
0: the Odyssey again. Yeah,
3: that's right. <laughs> can I be, can I just act aggravated and read this book for fun?
0: Yeah, oh, I will say as a parent who has read this book to my seven-year-old, it is, a, there's some therapy involved in reading this yeah. if you like to give it a little oomph. We like oh, to give uh, it a little oomph in this house. And me too. I think it's it's very fun. We had a really good time reading it. And Ellis is Ellis can read. Ellis is not like, oh I'd really like his teacher was like, you know, he's just reading piggy and elephant books. And we were like, that's cool. That's he's reading this. Have you asked him to read something more challenging? Because he won't on his own. He's totally fine. Piggy and Elephant are great books. Like, why would you not want to give yeah. giving him the choice? And that is, he was delighted by this book. Oh, and, Yeah. And I so I guess I would love to ask about the illustrations. There's this very cute book who looks very happy on the front <laughs> while there's a sticky note that says, I don't want to read this book. Uh And then you get to go through this and the words are all illustrated and have have motion and have an effect like, oh, their words are all squished together. Sometimes there's just one word, you know. And did you guys get to work together on this or did you just or was this one of those magical things where you send it out?
3: (laughs) Well, I think that's how it usually works. It's one of these magical things where you send it out. uh, You just hope that it's magical. Um, Yeah. And what Mike did was so incredible, and he really brought the book to life in a way that exceeded every expectation that I had ever had. But you're right, you know, the only thing that I was really adamant about was that the book stay very readable. Yeah, I I wanted it to be a readable book because this is a book because <laughs> that it's meant to it's meant to be read. And I was like, you could really overpower this with a lot of pictures and and illustrations. And I was like, I really want it to be. Fun, but let's keep it simple. And Mike just did such a great job, and he knew exactly what words to have fun with and which words to emphasize. And it really is an enjoyable reading experience for a kid.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite parts would be the list of all the things I could be doing that are more important than reading this book. What? Eating cake. You, you don't know this, but on this podcast, we have invented a new form of parenting called cake parenting. And that is if you grew up like watching the Brady Bunch or reading a lot of the old children's books, Richard Scarry, you know, Bedtime for Francis, people were just giving kids cake all night, all day, all night. I can't sleep. Can I have a piece of cake? Yes, you can have a piece of cake. Now go back to bed. So right. we've decided that like cake can solve all problems, right? Like, kid doesn't want to go to school? Cake, right? And so when I got to this page, eating cake, as number one, I thought, I'm good. We're good. And my kid's like, hey, it's cake parenting. And I was like, yes,
2: it
3: is. Nice.
0: And then we go on to say eating cake while watching YouTube. And then number three, watching YouTube and not eating cake. But truth be told, I prefer to be eating cake, which is, I think, very... Very accurate for so many of us, but I have to ask when you're writing something like this, I mean you could go off in all directions. I mean, you really could go so many places. How did you manage to like keep what you felt was really important in it versus you know i mean it could be a hundred more pages right like
3: it's such it's such a such a great question, and that really was probably one of the hardest parts about the writing the book is. What do I keep and what do I leave out? I knew I wanted to ramp up into the book. So the beginning had to be a certain way and, and it had to just really, really be simple in the beginning. And then I knew I definitely wanted to break down structure in the beginning and just go from words. Because one of the things, yeah. not only was I taking this from my own experience, but I was asking, you know, <laughs> my daughter and her friends and overwhelmingly, <laughs> when I would say, what do you not like about reading? They would go, oh, it's just so many words. Um... <laughs> so (laughs) I knew I wanted to keep the structure of it all with just going from words to sentences to paragraphs and like length in general being a real problem Um,
0: (laughs) I I believe there's a line that says paragraphs belong in chapter books chapter books are for people with nothing better to do you turn the page and it says chapter two I still don't want to read this book totally good joke (laughs)
3: <laughs> so that, yeah, so then it goes to chapters and yeah. and then, after that, once I got past that point, you're like, "Oh, well, now I sort of have to land the plane Star Wars yeah. start to land the plane a little bit here, and there was definitely some stuff that that I edited out that I would have loved to have kept, mm. but I felt like we kept the stuff that was most important and and that it also allowed us to really like end the the story properly.
0: Well, and by properly, you mean it just ends and the kid gets space. Like, there's no... Like, I love that you don't come back at the end and are like, wasn't that fun? Didn't you enjoy it? No, it's flat out. Like, just, ugh, fine. I know what's going to happen. Bye. The end.
3: There was a version in the beginning that I I had read to a bunch of those kids who showed up in my front lawn (laughs) where we did acknowledge that the reader had just read a book. And I quickly realized when i read it aloud to them that i'm not really sure how they responded to it but i hated it yeah and i was like oh this book can't be a trick right like a gimmick i don't want to trick the reader here i want this book to be accurate to the experience of a child who genuinely does not like to read because if that's true then you know, as much fun as they're going to have reading this particular book, they're probably also not going to like it either. And right. it real, and again, it comes back to what we talked about before. This isn't for that reason. It's be, it's to become a conversation starter and also to laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, and it's great. I mean, I I one of the things that I think was the funniest to Ellis and myself was we kept we, we turned the page expecting there to be one more, and it wasn't. And we both got to look at each other and go, look at that. That kid, that kid really just doesn't want to read this book. (laughs)
3: Totally.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Max, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for writing this book. I mean, we could talk a lot more about like the deep relevance of there being books like this. And, you know, we give, we talk a lot about giving kids and parents vocabulary and words and the opportunity to like have conversations. And a lot of the time that has to do with really big stuff, right? But reading, we are taught to say, you know, I don't like math. Yes, you do. You're very good at math. I don't like reading. Yes, you do. You come from readers. Read it, right? Like you just haven't found the right book. And this, I don't know what the discussion is supposed to be after this, but I'm glad that this book offers a fun way into that discussion.
3: I I love that you totally got it. It really mean, it means a lot. I I so uh, I so appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, we are everybody. You know where to buy books, but we will link people up specifically, directly to this book, as well as more information about Max and uh, all of his projects that are happening. Max, thank you so much.
3: Thank you. I really appreciate it again.
0: One Bad Mother is supported in part by ButcherBox. When it comes to the meat that will be the centerpiece of your holiday meals, look, quality matters. And when you invest in high-quality meat from ButcherBox, the benefits go way beyond a great-tasting meal. We have gotten ButcherBox, and what is wonderful about it is I suddenly have a freezer full of options. This holiday, Butcher Box is proud to give new members free New York strip steaks for a year. This deal has never been offered before, and it won't last forever. Get two delicious 100% grass-fed New York strip steaks for free in every box for a year. This offer is only available until November 30th, 2021, so get it before it's gone. Just go to butcherbox.com/obm to sign up. That's butcherbox.com/obm to receive this limited time offer of free New York strip steaks for a year. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Bombas. Bombas' mission is simple: make the most comfortable clothes ever, and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So this holiday, when you gift Bombas to someone on your list, you're also giving them to someone in need. It is a give, give. I love my Bombas. They have got great Bombas for little feet with stickies on the bottom, so you're not going to fly all over the place if you're learning how to walk. I have got some great no-show Bombas. I got some pride Bombas. They are amazing. Go to Bombas.com badmother and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash bad mother for 20% off. com slash mother.
2: Hey, you know what it's time for? This week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week as well as our failures and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206 206- three five zero nine four eight five
0: genius fail time
2: wow oh my god oh my god i saw what you did oh my
0: god i'm paying attention wow you mom are a genius oh my god that's fucking genius genius me me okay guys twice now two weeks in a row And I even did this while Stefan was gone. Like this is when this was established. Teresa and I found time to go walk the Rose Bowl. Now, this is how our friendship started. Years ago was a base, essentially, you guys know this, a blind date (laughs) set up by our partners. And both of us being like, yes, yes, I'm sure we would be great friends. Except we're really tired and have children. And I, But we started walking. And that's where I told her about one-by-mother idea, and that's where we realized there was plenty to talk about, no matter how difficult. And it has been a long time since we've walked. And we made it so that this one day a week, before we go do our school pickups, we go walk now that the weather's nicer. And we've done it twice, and it's been so awesome awesome, guys! (laughs) It's been so nice to see Teresa! It's been so nice. And the walking is really good for us. And the talking is really good for us. And the genius really is, is that I'm making this a full-on priority that I will be sticking with. Which is not always easy. So, yay! For me!
4: Hi, this is a genius. This is Mindy all the way up in Canada. (laughs) I heard this on your podcast and my genius is that I implemented it and I wanted to call to remind people because (laughs) during this pandemic I know we all are having a lot of trouble finding a bathroom sometimes restaurants don't allow in, so you can't have any place to pee nor do your kids have any place to pee and somebody said, oh yeah, just keep a little porta potty in the back of your minivan or car. You can whip it out wherever you want. And for even more discreet, keep a diaper for yourself <laughs> and your children. And if they have to go pee, just tell them you gotta pee in a diaper. You gotta pretend <laughs> like you're a baby. And it works for adults too. <laughs> I have had to Use this in Uh, underground parking lots, in, you know, school parking lots, (laughs) so many places. Since you're running around, you don't have time. Nobody allows you to go pee inside. Pack some diapers in your vehicle, ladies, and you shall fret no more. Uh, You're all doing a great job. I
0: love you. I love you so much. Yes. You hit two, two of our previous genius bathroom in the car related geniuses. And I am so happy to know and everyone should be, should feel like a little normalized, feel good that we are all out there doing these things that we've shared. The potty on the back of the car, you know, Ellis was terrified to use public restrooms, like terrified. So like for years, we'd have to like trudge out to the car if they needed to use the bathroom and then trudge back in, which was odd. And yeah, I can still remember the first time we had that caller call in and say that they peed in their diaper, peed in a kid's diaper because both kids were asleep and they were like not close enough to home to make it and they couldn't pull over to, like, a, a rest stop because they'd have to wake both their kids up and they didn't want to do that when they only had 20 minutes left. I love you guys. I love you. This is, this is exactly right. And you're doing such a good job. Thank you for reminding us how smart we all are. <laughs> Failures.
1: Fail, 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 fail! Fail!
0: You suck. All right. As many of you know, I have children that like to be prepared with information before anything happens. They need to be reminded and like, you can't just be like, we're going to the doctor today. We're going on a trip. Like, yeah, obviously. But Raiden has to get some dental work done in preparation for some orthodontal work done. Ugh. Ah. Teeth are so weird, everybody. But the first step is a consultation with an oral surgeon. And, yeah, I fucking hate everything, everybody. Anyway, uh, Stefan is back from their trip, and they're going to be taking Raiden. And neither one of us remembered to remind Raiden that this was happening. It's, in fact, happening today on the date of this recording. I am... Taking the kids to school, we are not five minutes from the drop-off point when I say, oh, did Papa remind you that you're going to that consultation today? The answer, in a nutshell, is no. They had not been reminded. And it was an unpleasant five minutes to drop off. That's all I'm going to say about that.
2: (laughs) Hey, one bad mother. This is a fail. A silly, ridiculous fail. (laughs) So yesterday I had a periodontist appointment. I have a little (laughs) gum graft that I need to have done. And they asked me when I got in, did you fill out the new patient paperwork? And I said, yes, I filled it on out online last week when you called me, and they're like, we can't find it. I'm sorry. You're going to have to fill it out again. I was furious. I was scribbling as messily as I could on that new patient paperwork, like rumble, rumble, rumble. I already filled this out. Why do I have to do this again? They need to look hard. Rumble, rumble, rumble. Come to find out, I got a phone call today from a different place, saying, we received your new patient paperwork, but we don't see your appointment on the schedule. Please give us a call back. Turns out, I filled out new patient paperwork for the wrong place. Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing a horrible job. (laughs) Ah, Thanks, guys. Bye. You are. You are.
0: I mean, I gotta tell you, I still feel that any paperwork-related issue falls into, like, a special level of fail hell, right? Like, maybe it's like a like a fifth level, right? Because paperwork is such a fucking pain in the ass to do. And you can, like, hit a moment in your life where you feel like, what's the big deal about paperwork? Because <laughs> you only fill it out, like, once that whole year. But once there are kids in your house... You're filling out paperwork like every month for you, for your kids, for school, for doctors, for different doctors. If you are sandwich generation in it, you're maybe filling it out for parents, maybe your partners. So when you fail at it, it really sucks. So if you failed at paperwork, really, you're doing a horrible, horrible job.
4: <laughs> you are the Greatest mom I've ever known. I love.
2: Do you sometimes
3: wonder whatever happened to the kids at your school who really loved Star Trek? You might remember a kid like me, the one who read the Star Trek novels and built starship models. I also took music classes to avoid taking gym classes that required showering after, but I don't see what that really has to do with- Or a kid like me. I introduced myself to kids at my summer camp one year as Wesley, but when the school year started and some of those kids were in my new class, I actually had to explain to my friends that I had tried to take on the identity of my favorite Star Trek character. The shame haunts me to this day. I'm sure some of those Star Trek fans from your childhood grew up to have interesting and productive lives, but we ended up being podcasters. On The Greatest Discovery, you'll hear what happens to two lifelong Star Trek fans who didn't grow up to be great people, they just grew up to be people who love jokes as much as they love Trek. Season 4 of Star Trek Discovery is here, so listen to our new episodes every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun. It's the Thanksgiving season, and I want to take this opportunity to thank you, the members of Maximum Fun. This Max Fun Drive, your generosity and your love of pins helped us raise over $90,000 to help bridge the digital divide. Families without internet access struggle to do things that the rest of us might take for granted, especially during COVID going to school, applying for jobs fighting medical care. Your donations help the nonprofit Everyone On. They provide equipment, services, and training to get people online so they can access opportunity. You can find out more about the great work Everyone On does at everyoneon.org. Thanks for supporting Maximum Fun. Thanks for supporting Everyone On. And thanks for being awesome people who want to do good in the world.
0: Alright, everyone, it's Thanksgiving. So let's gather together and listen to a mom have a breakdown.
4: See, this is a breakdown for sure. I was just the mom in public with a baby strapped to my chest and a three and a half year old melting down so dramatically. Strangers tried to help me, and I had to basically just drag him away because he was trying to run from me and hiding in any nook and cranny, and my husband was getting an eye exam at the time, and I literally sent someone to please just go get my husband. I don't have the arms for this, and they couldn't him or I don't know didn't know who he was or something and now I'm in the parking lot with the baby because I told my husband to please take a 3 year old and I don't know if I can ever come here again I don't know why I'm embarrassed because it's not me who was screaming and I was pretty <laughs> damn calm but my god was so awful and before we even got here i thought i haven't been in public like this in a year and a half huh. this causes me anxiety but you know what i'm just gonna go for it it'll probably be fine <laughs> but no 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 that was not fine by any sense of the word oh my god anyway thank you for letting me call you on my way out oh, you're doing a good job and you know what God damn it. I did a good job too. It's just a shitty situation, right? Right.
0: Oh, my God. I love you so much. I am just like, I'm fist pumping the air that you still managed to come around and know that you were doing a good job. I You started this rant and I like, oh, uh, my heart like started pounding, started pounding because I have been right there as Many of us have, and (laughs) it can be so overwhelming, and you just want it to stop so badly. You also really want help, but it's incredibly hard to know what will help, and I gotta give you, like, just real high fives for just stopping and being like, somebody find my husband. Like right now, <laughs> that, that is next level. And I think that was really smart. And it was also really smart letting him just take the three-year-old so that you could go to the car. It is soul tiring. like it, it makes you tired at your core. When this sort of thing happens, I really appreciate you recognizing the fact that this is not embarrassing. Why are you embarrassed? You're not the one screaming in the middle of Target, though. I don't know if you were at Target, but you know what I mean. Target is our metaphor for all public places (laughs) that we go with children. But even if you were the mom having the crazy breakdown, which you would have been justified to have been crying as well with a baby strapped to your chest and a three-year-old having a full-on meltdown, it would have not made me think twice if you were additionally crying there in the store. So let's all make sure to remember to try not to feel embarrassed about that. But it's just, I understand that feeling. Everybody's looking. Or maybe they're not. It doesn't matter. But like, we all know everybody's looking. Everybody's looking at us. And (laughs) you just want it to stop. Uh, and the dragging, uh, I remember football carrying Ellis out of the Target with, I mean, just the biggest, craziest ass breakdown he'd had publicly. I have football carried that kid out of a lot of places. And it is, really makes me feel like shit. And, uh, and I always in those moments would think to myself, why, why is this happening? Why, why can't my child be happy all the time and understand things? And it obviously, we all know it's completely normal that they're melting down and freaking out. But I don't know. For me, it would trigger all sorts of like, what am I doing wrong feelings? All of this is to say, you are not alone. You are absolutely remarkable. And you are doing such... A good job. Everybody, I had such a nice time talking with Max. I love that he was able to help start conversations about a topic that I think we wouldn't necessarily ever think to start. What do you mean you don't like reading? Yeah, you're supposed to like reading. This message that everyone is supposed to love reading, it's just like another version of of how we can let expectations set by others completely influence how we feel about ourselves, (laughs) like what we're supposed to be doing. I like that this time it came in a package made of books as opposed to a package of, you know, breast milk pumping or sleep behaviors in children or what we've chosen to wear out in public to pick our children up at (laughs) Carline. It all is arbitrary, Look, it's Thanksgiving, speaking of expectations, we're all possibly, for the first time in a while, wandering in to family gatherings, and it has been a really difficult, let's just go ahead and say six years, for family gatherings. Sometimes we're seeing family that we haven't seen in a really long time. And sometimes we are in situations with family and friends who do not see eye to eye with us, or we don't see eye to eye with them. And it can make it a very, a lot of times we can walk into those situations looking for a fight, (laughs) expecting a fight. And I don't, I don't know how to avoid that. The pandemic is nice because maybe we can still just say we're hiding from the pandemic and we don't have to go to family Thanksgivings, but I know a lot of people will be. And I just want you to know, to remember to hide something really nice for yourself in a bathroom somewhere so that you can excuse yourself to hide in the bathroom. Use infants if you have them to your advantage. I need a quiet place to feed the baby. No, you can't help. Don't, no, I don't, I don't need your help. I remember spending whole Thanksgivings in a different room than the entire other family because my kid just couldn't sit at a fucking table, right? Like with all these fancy things, you know? It's just like, I'm not going to make this kid sit here for like two hours. (laughs) And so whatever you need to get through it, I, I do hope you find some moments that are special and that remind you how thankful people are to have you in their lives happy gobble gobble i will talk to you next week bye i got to
3: low down mama blues i got to low down mama blues got
0: to low down mama blues low down mama blues
1: got to low down mama blues got to low down mama blues you know that right